Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, 7.30 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. The uh, story of the morning so far, Pfizer giving up terminating its $160 billion merger with Allergan. Officials in Washington cracking down on corporate inversions. It would have been the largest ever health care acquisition. Right now, we're looking at uh, pre-market trade. Allergan shares down 1.7%. Pfizer shares up 1.3%. Canada's largest pension fund going to pay $2.5 billion for a minority stake in Glencore's agriculture unit. Glencore works, wants to reduce its debt burden. Canada Pension Plan Investment will acquire a 40% stake in the division. Nokia going to reduce its workforce in over 30 countries, cutting jobs across the globe, part of a plan to save more than a billion dollars annually following its merger with the networking hardware rival Alcatel-Lucent. Oh, by the way, Glencore, uh, the markets don't like this sale, apparently. Uh, shares in London down by 3.6% right now. Let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest World of National Headlines. Mike? Michael, thank you very much. Republicans and Democrats are turning their sights on New York presidential primaries on April 19th. New York is Republican frontrunner Donald Trump's turf. Democratic frontrunner Hillary Clinton was a New York senator and rival Bernie Sanders grew up in Brooklyn. New York follows yesterday's losses by Trump and Clinton in the Wisconsin primary. Sanders and Ted Cruz won yesterday. Former presidential candidate and Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker was at Cruz's victory party. We understand what common sense conservative reforms mean. We understand what it means to have principled conservative leadership, because we've done it here in the great state of Wisconsin. Meanwhile, Trump had some sharp words for Cruz after his loss. In a biting statement, Trump called Cruz worse than a puppet. He is a Trojan horse being used by the party bosses attempting to steal the nomination. President Obama met yesterday with U.S. military commanders at the White House. The president says destroying the Islamic State continues to be his top priority. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashower. John? Thanks, Mike. Mets figure to win a lot of games this season like they did in Kansas City with brilliant pitching. Noah Syndergaard was the only Met pitcher to beat the Royals in the World Series, and he and the bullpen shut him down in the first Mets win of the season. 2 nothing. Syndergaard and three relievers combined to fan 12 and allow only three hits. Mets now with a rare two-day break. Home openers Friday. Another season opening loss for the Yankees. That's five in a row. Beaten by the Astros 5-3. Beaten again by Cy Young winner Dallas Keuchel, who ended... Their season last fall in the playoffs. Yanks were up 2 nothing, but Houston with three unearned runs in the eighth inning due to a Dellen Betances error. He took the loss aimed to tonight at the stadium. Big win for the Islanders down 3-1 at league-leading Washington. They won 4-3. Thomas Hickey's goal midway through overtime puts the Islanders into the playoffs. Rangers were down 2 nothing and rallied past Tampa Bay 3-2. Buffalo topped the Devils. 3-1, to one, the 11th NCAA championship and fourth in a row for the UConn women. And as usual, it was very easy, 82-51 over Syracuse. For the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashower. Thank you, John. Of course, uh, you look at the Yankees yesterday, and with the temperatures in the 30s and the wind blowing in, nothing like 
baseball <laughs> sitting outside and watching. This wasn't snowing. Yeah, well, that has happened before on opening days. Well, the weather will improve. We hope the Yankees will, too. This is Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. Welcome back to Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. Uh, we're watching uh, futures suggest we may get a higher open this morning after two down days and some uh, real gloom in the markets. Right now, S&P futures up by three points, two-tenths of a percent. Kind of a two-tenths move for Dow futures as well. They're up 26 points. The stock 600 up a point in Europe, three-tenths of a percent. The news of the morning, of course, uh, Pfizer calling off its deal with Allergan. Allergan shares now approaching a 2% decline in pre-market trading. Time now for the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Here's Bob Moon. Thank you, Michael. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The concept of a cancer blood test is either a multi-billion dollar market or a pipe dream. Investors the likes of Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates are betting it's doable. Scientists have known for decades that tumors shed bits of DNA that end up in the blood. Now startups are beginning to identify those shreds of DNA with so-called liquid biopsies, less invasive alternatives to testing tissue samples. An even bigger prize may be a simple-to-administer yet all-encompassing blood test that would screen for every kind of known cancer in the human body, even before a person showed or felt any symptoms. Bezos, Gates, and others are investing hundreds of millions of dollars to make sure such super-screening is a reality. Boosters say if they're successful, the market could reach $200 billion a year in sales. In the face of increasing government requests for digital information and the rising threat posed by hackers, WhatsApp is taking steps to make sure its users' chats are kept secret. The mobile messaging unit of Facebook has updated its service to provide full end-to-end encryption. And Samsung is deploying a new strategy that's being credited for making its Galaxy S7 smartphone a surprise hit since its debut in March, releasing it sooner and pricing it cheaper. Sales running triple those of its S6 models in the same time frame last year, the world's biggest smartphone maker scrapped its practice of raising prices with each new model, a ploy long used by Apple. And that's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael. Babu, thank you very much. Well, by now you know uh, Ted Cruz won the Wisconsin Republican presidential primary. Bernie Sanders won the Democratic primary. Economists, such as myself, tell you all the time, don't make projections based on one set of data. But uh, there are people who are going to try to read a lot into the results from yesterday. Frank Newport is the editor-in-chief of the Gallup Poll. He joins us now. And, Frank, I wonder how much we can read into this. The interesting note I saw in the exit polls on the Republican side were that of those who made up their minds more than a month ago, Donald Trump won half. But among the 60% who decided in the last month, Trump only won 25 percent, and I'm wondering if it's beginning to look like the anti-Trump efforts are starting to pay off. Uh, well, it certainly could. I saw those data as well. He's not very popular even with Republicans, which is the key. Uh, Donald Trump, he has the most unfavorables among people of his own party of any candidate on either side. That would include Cruz, Kasich, Sanders, and Clinton. So he does have a significant negative base out there that simply don't like the guy, and it looks like it's kind of coalescing now around, interestingly, uh, Ted Cruz, 
who incidentally his positions on many issues are, are really out of sync with the American public, but nevertheless he looks he stands there as an as a uh, anti-Trump at the moment. What does it look like to you? I mean, obviously uh, Trump lost a lot of delegates yesterday. He won maybe only three in the final analysis, but he still has a significant lead. Is he going to be able? To based on uh, what you see in the polls of the coming states, is he going to be able to get to the numbers he needs? Well, you know, you just pointed out how much things change, and of course, everybody's focused two weeks away or one week and six days away on New York State, Trump's home state, right? You think he would do well there, but uh, I think it's too early to tell how well he will do there and whether we'll see the same kind of change going on in New York State. But that's a real key. Uh, people who look at these things say it's like 50-50 that he would arrive at the convention in Cleveland, Ohio, with enough uh, delegates where there wouldn't be a very fascinating, I should say, very fascinating and intriguing uh, contested convention. Well, that's an interesting point about New York State and it being Trump's home state, because for a politician with uh, an impact on the state, uh, you would think that there would be a home state advantage. But Donald Trump is a businessman, uh, one who has his name on a lot of buildings, but but uh, in uh, at the same time also a joke to a lot of people in, in New York State. So does he really have a home advantage? Well, we'll see. You know, you know, he certainly has been ahead in some polls, but as uh, we've talked about here, I think there's a lot of fluidity out there. And, you know, let's talk again on Monday night before at the New York primary to see what happens. He is from there. I believe he was born there. Uh, although in, in Florida, he says, I'm a Floridian, you know, because he has a home down there in Palm Beach, so he kind of has several different homes. But uh, Cruz has certainly never had any connection to Texas. Uh, excuse me, from Texas, has never had any connection to New York. But, again, um, it's going to be something that's fascinating to watch on both sides because, of course, Sanders was born in New York well as well, uh, up and coming for the New York primary. Well, we'll talk more with Frank Newport, the uh, editor in chief of the Gallup poll, and we will move on to the Democrat side because certainly some questions about that as well with Bernie Sanders, uh, as he mentioned, originally from New York, now living for many years in Vermont, and Hillary Clinton, uh, originally from Illinois, long time in Arkansas, a few brief years in New York, but uh, served several of those years as a senator from New York. So who can call it their home state and who gets the home state advantage? Uh, all that coming up, and we'll take a look at uh, what the exit polls say people are thinking about the candidates and the issues right now when we continue. Uh, right now, the 10-year note yield is moving higher, 1.75%. The five-year at 1.2% right now. And the two-year, 74 basis points. This is Bloomberg Surveillance on Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Untuck It. Think your shirt is too long to wear untucked? It probably is. Untuck It has solved this, making shirts designed to be worn untucked. Visit untuckit.com and use the code WBBR for 15% off to improve your wardrobe. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. Pfizer and Allergan agreeing to end their $160 billion merger. Allergan shares are down 1.6% this morning. Pfizer shares up 1.3%. 
Constellation Brand says it's evaluating an IPO for some of its Canadian businesses. It also reported a fourth quarter adjusted profit that beat analyst estimates, and it's up eight-tenths percent this morning. Stocks rebounding from a six-week low in Europe. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. The DAX in Germany is lower down a tenth of a percent, while the CAC in Paris is higher up four-tenths percent, and the FT100 is gaining six-tenths percent. U.S. stock index futures are rising, with S&P E-mini futures up four points, Dow E-mini futures up 27, and NASDAQ E-mini futures up seven. Ten-year Treasury down 8.30 seconds, the yield 1.74 percent, the yield on the two-year 0.73 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 2.8 percent, or a dollar one to 36.92 a barrel. Comex Gold is down six tenths percent or seven dollars sixty cents to twelve twenty two an ounce. The euro, a dollar thirteen forty one, the yen one ten point four three. And the Mortgage Bankers Association said mortgage applications rose two point seven percent last week. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karamaska, thank you very much. We're talking about the results of the Wisconsin primary and looking ahead to New York and beyond with Frank Newport, the editor-in-chief of the Gallup poll. We talked some about the Republicans a few moments ago. Let's uh, ask you about the Democrats as we head into New York. Interesting situation in that uh, Bernie Sanders, a native New Yorker, but has lived in Vermont for many years. Hillary Clinton, a native Illinoisan who lived in Arkansas for a number of years before spending a few years in New York, but as the senator from New York State. So does either one of them really have a strong home court advantage in New York State? Well, uh, as we've been talking about, things change rapidly, so I think we'll see what happens over the next two weeks. Uh, Clinton's been ahead certainly in New York uh, polls, which have been done to date, a lot of them, but things change, and we've got one week and six days to go, so it's going to be fascinating to, to watch what happens in the fascinating state of New York as we get close to that primary. When uh, you look at a, a uh, you look at polls and you look at how people are doing, how much uh, does voter sentiment matter in these kinds of cases versus uh, organization, ground games, uh, and uh, endorsements, that sort of thing? Well, uh, I think they both matter. <clears throat> Clearly, in Wisconsin, I think it could be argued that Cruz had the endorsements of people that mattered, the governor and everybody else, and he won. It's hard to postulate causality for those things. So I think they both matter. But what's fascinating about primaries is there is no anchor for voters. In a general election, of course, you've got Republicans and Democrats who are pretty well anchored. They're going to vote for the candidate from their party. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a primary, voters are very fluid. They can quickly change their mind because it's all within their party. So that's why things change yeah. so rapidly. To the Democratic line, there will be a Gallup summit May 10 through 12, Omaha, Nebraska. What millennials really want do they want to vote for Secretary Clinton to be uh, president? Do we know? Uh, well, certainly at this point, they want to vote for Bernie Sanders. Uh, okay, it's but- phenomenal. Uh, it's phenomenal. But they, they, they will come around. We find much more positive cross relations between Sanders and Clinton than on the other side. In yeah. other words, Sanders voters say, well, I kind of like Hillary and probably would vote for her, uh, much less so between Cruz and Trump. Okay, give us an update then on turnout, because... President Obama, certainly the first time around, just the turnout was historic. Do you just presume the turnouts that we've been seeing will carry forward to November? Uh, Well, we'll see. Uh, You know, without uh, initially, one would say without Barack Obama, the head of the clinic, uh, head of the ticket, you would have some lower turnout. 
But if it's Trump on the Republican side, there are indications you could have uh, motivation for turnout on the Democratic side. You know, there are efforts now to try to mobilize Hispanics, for example, if Trump is a nominee, to come out to vote against him. Uh, Republicans are more discouraged. Our data clearly show in our data at this point. Um, and Democrats are gaining on party ID and some other things along those lines. So it, we're looking, in my opinion, at a situation where, particularly if Trump is a nominee, you could have uh, the kind of Barack Obama 08 turnout on the Democratic side. You can slice and dice the exit polls a million different ways. That's what the uh, the pollsters do. Uh, you ask many different questions about uh, people's views based on their uh, demographics. Uh, uh, but I'm wondering, is there any particular subset of the surveys that is more important than others that really gives you a good fix on what people are thinking well uh, exit polls are fascinating for that reason but i think they're state specific in what wisconsin voters who tend to be certainly uh, more white than you're going to see in new york and certainly more liberal than you're going to see in new york what they said or did, uh, did in terms of what they told posters when they exited the polls so to speak may not apply in new york i like to look at our national data where we ask people why do you support bernie why do you support uh, Trump to try to figure out what's going on there. And we find out for Bernie Sanders, um, his support comes for his image and his personality, his caring for individuals, not for a lot of specific policy positions. I think that's a weakness for Bernie Sanders. Uh, when people do get into his policy positions, uh, it looks like to me, based on all our Gallup data, he's way out of sync with a lot of American public opinion, and that's probably going to become more evident as things go on. Okay, well, then the, the, the money question here, and, you know, I don't know the date calendar, Michael, whether it's New York or other primaries after. After New York, I don't even know. Does it continue? Oh, well. When does it end? (laughs) uh, Well, we've got two conventions in July, one in Cleveland and one in Philadelphia, and that's certainly where it may end. The belief is people migrate to the middle. Uh, President Reagan, I maybe, is the modern beginner of this. Do you just presume that the Democrats and the Republicans will migrate to some mythical middle? Uh, You mean the candidates themselves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they move to the general election, they're obviously trying to affect the type of voters that uh, weren't primary voters, so they do clearly have to appeal to a broader spectrum. And I think that's a liability for Cruz, and it's a liability for, interestingly, and it's a liability for Sanders, because those who have the extreme positions, uh, both Cruz and Sanders are the most out of sync with their positions with the American public than our Sanders, than our Clinton, our our Trump. Really, you would say Cruz is more out of sync than Mr. Trump? Oh, absolutely. When you look at Cruz's positions, they just lay a terrible lie. The idea of shutting down five government uh, departments of education, totally rejected by the American public. The idea of abolishing the IRS rejected by the American public. I uh, yeah. go flat tax of 10%, public not interested. Well, there are a lot of things that Cruz proposes about you know, drastically right. cutting back government that when the public uh, really gets at them, they say no, well, no, no. Quickly here, because I know Michael wants to get in, is Senator Cruz the establishment of the GOP? Well, he's kind of occupying a role at the moment of the anti-Trump candidate. But, no, his positions are not establishment. His positions are way out on, on the right, and Bernie Sanders are way out on the left. These are the extreme candidates, Cruz and Sanders. Uh, I'm sure when your pollsters go out, uh, people are telling them it's the economy, stupid. Uh, but this year it seems to be about uh, not the specific status of the economy so much as what's happened over the last 10 years with income inequality and wages and things like that. Uh, And I'm wondering, I'm looking at the uh, daily Gallup survey of U.S. economic confidence over the last two weeks, it's gotten significantly better. Is the economy, uh, the the day-to-day 
ups and downs of the economy going to play a major role this year? Oh, it always does. Um, in the election, it's the economy and then major foreign policy, things that may be going on like the Iraq War or Vietnam, if you go back to 68-72. My analysis of the data suggests, however, the big issue is the role of government. That's where the differences are. That's where the American public's conflicted. That's where you've got Sanders on the one side saying government should solve all of our problems, and you've got Cruz on the other side saying government is the problem. We've got to shut it down. That's the key issue I think that uh, this election is going to pivot on. What is the appropriate role of government, and how can the government uh, move effectively and operate effectively? Before we let you go, I also want to ask about um, the favorable, unfavorable ratings of the candidates. You've been doing this a long time, and uh, I'm sure you haven't ever seen anybody as disliked by the American people as Donald Trump. Uh, but does that necessarily translate into people voting against him? Can we take the unfavorable rating as a measure of how you'll do in an election? Uh, yes, I think the unfavorable is more important than the favorable, uh, because the favorable, you don't necessarily vote for somebody just because you like them. But, yeah, Trump sitting there with his high and unfavorable uh, overalls we have seen from any candidate who got the nomination, as long as we've been measuring favorable in this way, two-thirds of the American public, when you say Donald Trump, say I have an unfavorable opinion of him, less than 30% of favorable opinion. And those are not auspicious numbers to go out there and try to win what, 45, 47, 50, 52 percent of the popular vote, which you'll need to win the election. If uh, if a candidate is that viewed that unfavorably, does that rub off on other people uh, down the ticket? Yeah, that, that, um, that's the money question right now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you mean like congressional and Senate? Right? Yeah. Can the Republicans lose the House? Uh, well, I'm not an expert in all the you know district by district uh, uh, analysis of that, but clearly we wouldn't have thought so you know six months ago if we had been talking. But uh, if it's a wipeout, um, uh, you know, on the Democratic side, anything could happen. Frank Newport is the uh, editor in chief of Gallup. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, interesting results yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Cruz, 48%. Trump, 35%. Uh, Governor Kasich uh, had yeah. 14%. Bernie Sanders, uh, on a percentage basis, doing even better in defeating Hillary Clinton. But now we move on to New York. What are they going to do? Are they going to be like John Tucker? Are they going to be like on Lexington Avenue shaking hands when we come in at 3.32? Uh, I would suggest that uh, they'll be here as quickly as possible. They'll so. be shaking John Tucker, right uh, the, I, the political advice everybody gives you if you're running for office in New York is eat pizza with your hands. That's true. <laughs> there it is, folks. Before. News you can use. Eat pizza. Slice. Pizza <laughs> with your hands. Bloomberg surveillance.